Welcome to the Collecting Keys Friday Focus. Hey there. Welcome back to another episode of the Collecting Keys Friday Focus. These are the episodes where Mike or I like to spend a few minutes doing a deep dive on a specific topic or just talk about something that's top of mind for us in our business throughout the week. I will be your host today, Investor Man Dan, also known by some as Dan Austin. And today I want to talk about creative financing, but don't shut it off yet. I know you've probably heard a ton about creative financing so far. I know Mike and I have talked a lot about it. I'm not talking about it on how you acquire a property. I'm talking about on how you sell a property. Because today in today's market, everyone's talking about like, if you want to keep buying properties, you got to go creative just because interest rates and prices are, are both too high at the same time. Well, if you want to sell a property, you have the exact same problem. You don't want to have to drop your price just to sell it. So what about selling it creatively? Mike just sold a small portion of his portfolio going subject to the existing mortgage, and that helped him capture most of the equity he had in those properties without having to drop his price super low to high interest rates. Well, today I want to talk about another deal that him and I own together. It's a small little bungalow we're selling, and we're going to sell it on a lease option, also known as a land contract, also known as a rent-to-own agreement. And the reason why we're doing that is because we have this on a seller note, And the seller that we bought this from does not want his money back. He wants to keep collecting his monthly payments, even though it's 0% interest, which is actually a sweet deal for us. However, he doesn't want his money back. And it's a break-even property for us. We're not cash flowing anything on it. And we want to increase rents, but to do that, we need to renovate the interior unit. And again, we can't refinance, so we would have to park, say, $20,000 in here and not get our money back. In the long-term vision for this, the five-year vision, because we actually bought two lots next door to each other and we've since sold the one off. The long-term vision here though was, let's build a three-bed, two-bath rancher on the other half of this lot because it's a corner lot. So there's two sides of access. Build a three-two and then this one-one, this little bungalow becomes the ADU and we can rent it as a duplex. So it'd be just a cash flow king for us. However, We've kind of pivoted and we don't want to wait that long to do this. And so what we'd like to do is get some more money out of this and increase our cash flow and offload some of our responsibility of the property to the tenant so that we can focus on other things. So to do that, that's how we got to the idea of a lease option for a prospective tenant. So why would an owner want to do this? Let's talk about that first. An owner wants to do this because one, you retain title to the property which means you retain your tax benefits. So you can continue to capture depreciation from this property. We're still getting principal paid on our mortgage. That's also a benefit. So we're still leveraging debt. And then we get to pass off all or most of the expenses to the tenant, right? So all the maintenance expenses, utility expenses. We're going to keep paying taxes on this. We don't want to put that responsibility on the tenant just because they're going to pay us more rent anyways, and we're just going to pay taxes. So we're okay with that. Anyhow, those are just a few reasons of why you'd want to do this as an owner. The typical structure, let's dive into that. What is a typical structure now? It's called creative financing for a reason because there's not a standard way to do this. There's just creative ways and you can adapt and change however fits your situation or your tenant situation. But fundamentally, what you tend to do is you collect a down payment up front, which is called a lease option fee, generally speaking. I like to collect as large of a down payment up front, as large of a option fee upfront as possible, but 10% tends to be pretty standard. If you go 20%, you know, depending on the situation, you could, but you're going to reduce the amount of folks that you're going to actually be able to advertise this property to. However, I will say if a live buyer is less qualified, you may choose to collect a larger fee upfront. Then you need to determine what the market rent is for your property and what a good option fee on top of that is. So if market rents 1200 
you could rent it for $1,500 and that spread that $300 that they're paying above market rent can also be considered an option fee. Now you can do a few things with that fee. One, you can just collect and say, hey, to retain the option to buy this property, you got to pay me $300 additional in rent a month. You can also say, hey, I'm going to use this $300 a month towards the principal of the ultimate sale price. So that's a pretty fair way to do it. Or you can come up with some other split, however you want to do that. I like to use it as an option, uh, as a fee to retain, even though I've collected a fee up front. Sometimes I can collect a good fee up front and then also say, hey, instead of collecting this larger fee, I'm going to collect some of it throughout the throughout the year. But I definitely think you got to collect a fee up front too. So the next thing you need to do is determine a purchase price. Now you can use today's values or you can use, you know, the at the end of the option values. It'll just play into what you collect during this option period. But like, I like to choose something kind of in between where I can kind of, where I get like a really good solid market value for it or maybe slightly above it, but not like way out of the ordinary. Because I want to be fair to these people, right? They're good people and they just are looking for a place to live and want to do it creatively for, for several reasons. So once you've, once you've done that, once you've determined the down payment fee, once you've determined your monthly fee, and once you've set that sale price, then you just have to figure out what that payoff date is. I like 36 months. It's not too short, but it's not too long. The last thing you want to do is have a long contract out there, especially if the relationship with this tenant deteriorates, but not enough for you to evict them. You don't want to have to be beholden to this option, right? Which is a good point. You could still evict these tenants if they don't obviously follow the rules of the lease and the option. So you're still protected by all tenants, all landlord tenant laws there as they are as well. So now the next question a lot of people ask is why would someone do a lease contract? Like you're talking about collecting a down payment, you're talking about collecting more than rent and then then they have to do it within a certain period of time. It's not, you know, the most ideal always for them. A lot of times going get an FHA or a 5% down conventional loan is a great deal for them, but They can't sometimes, right? Sometimes they have bad credit. They went through a divorce, a bankruptcy, or just a bad situation from COVID, like they lost their job and who knows what could happen. Bad situations, bad luck happens to people all the time. And that's unfortunate, but a bank won't lend to them. Or maybe they're awesome. They have great credit, but they own a business and they have a really hard time getting a loan, which is the case for a lot of business owners and entrepreneurs. Or maybe they don't like to, or they don't want to, or they don't even know how to use traditional banking. And a lot of different cultures, you know, America is a melting pot. There's a lot of cultures out there that don't use traditional financing or traditional bank money for whatever reason. They just choose not to, or they don't understand it. So they don't see it as an option. So when a lease agreement, a lease option pops up, these are the type of homes that they want to buy. They're the type of lending that they want to want to deal with one-to-one, people-to-people. So, and one side note here with all this stuff, I would say when we're talking about qualifying people and who is who is going to be this person that you're going to ultimately do this lease option with, I think you got to be able to collect a down payment. And if they can't even raise the three to five percent that they would need for an FHA or conventional loan, regardless of their other qualifications, you probably don't want them because that means they don't even have enough money to actually own a property, right? Because when you own a property, there's a lot of different expenses that come with it, like when the furnace goes out or when you're going to paint the exterior or you know, caulk around the bathtub. If they don't have money, even just 3% for a down payment, they probably don't have enough money or enough income to actually maintain your property for you. So I would I would just caution you there. But anyhow, a lot, let's be honest here. I want to talk, let's go back to like who you're talking to. Renting, like I feel like it's gotten a bad rap, especially in the real estate investing world because we're always like, why would you pay someone else's mortgage? And totally true. That's not great. But like you hear things like, 
you know, if you're renting, you know, your low income and all these other things, which is definitely not the case for people. And, you know, I own quite a few properties that I love for the wealth creation, but like I'm down to rent too. Like I don't always love having to worry about my lawn or worry about how I'm going to replace the roof on my house and this and that, you know. So renting is actually a, a pretty good gig. And for these folks that you're trying to qualify, don't get kind of turned off by the fact that they want a lease to own because like I said, they might be a business owner making great money. Mike and I sold a, a duplex to a business owner on a lease option. He makes six figures a year, but because of the way his business works and how he expenses things, he doesn't show enough income to buy a $450,000 asset, which is what we sold him the duplex for. But he had plenty of money for a down payment. He makes plenty of money to pay our monthly lease option. So he's a he's a great person. So just don't, I guess, don't automatically get turned off by the fact that people may not choose or can get qualified for a for a traditional mortgage. But anyhow, I've blabbered on about lease options. I've probably talked more about it than you really cared to hear. But if you do want to know more, I do think this is a great option. So hit me up on Instagram. That's Investor Man Dan. I'm happy to share with you any of our documents and things that we use. If you want to learn more about how to acquire properties like Mike and I do so you can sell them creatively, go ahead and go to the instantinvestorprogram.com or sorry, Instant Investor Program. If you want to learn more about the Instant Investor Program, go to collectingkeyspodcast.com and select Instant Investor, the little blue button at the top. And also we have our store live. So if you want to go out there and get that BDE shirt, that Big Dan Energy shirt, go out there. We don't make any money on these. These are just fun for us. We want to see people wearing our merch and we think it's pretty cool. You can also get, you know, just regular collecting key shirts out there. But yeah, anyhow, go there, check them out. Hit me up on Instagram if you have more questions on this. Again, Investor Man Dan. Other than that, have a great weekend. Thanks for listening to this Collecting Keys Friday Focus. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts.